Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, my name is Dave Hall. I am your host. We are here again talking about that longest self-imposed period of unemployment most of you will have in your lifetime. It could be 20 years. It could be 30 years. It might even be 40 or 50 years. We don't know how long it's going to be, but it is what we call retirement. So excited to let each of you know that my new book is out. It's at Amazon. You can get it through our website, retirementriskadvisors.com. It's going to give you all the tools, all the resources, all the information you need to deal with the 10 risks that are going to enter into your retirement that you have a chance to having problems with during those retirement years. It'll provide a number of solutions in there to help you get through. We go through a case study. We talk about how you can work with myself and my team to be able to solve the retirement issues that you have. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about retirement income again. Remember, one of the 10 risks that we talk about is lack of income diversity. I want to talk a little bit about how we can get ourselves to a point to where we can better budget, to where we can better understand what type of money we're going to be spending in retirement. Because if one of the biggest risks we have is running out of money in retirement, that means we've got to do a better job in the initial years of budgeting the resources we have so that in the ending years, we have assets available to get us safely through whatever our life expectancy ends up being. Now, remember from a retired standpoint, a 65-year-old male is going to live to about age 84 currently, and a 65-year-old female going to live to an average life expectancy of about 88, so much longer than many of us expect it to be. When we look at it, 50% of Americans, unfortunately, underestimate how long they're going to live, and 28% of America underestimates it by at least five years. When we look at our retirement, we want to plan for the long retirement. This should be your happiest time of life. When we look at the research that has been done by organizations that study our happiness levels, what we find is retirement can be the happiest time of your life if you're prepared, if you have everything in place. Well, in order to make sure that we have the income, and we've been talking about the various forms of income you can have in retirement, we also need to look at the expenses. So not only do we need to make sure that we've got the most income we can possibly have to allow us to have the best lifestyle that we're looking for, but part of that can come in the form of cutting expenses. So I'm going to talk a little bit about budgeting today. We're going to talk a little bit about expense management specifically. And then I'll also talk about some other streams of income, some things you can do. Maybe if you're coming up short, what could you do to make that income look better? To start with, let's talk a little bit about those expenses and the budgeting. I know if you're like me and my family, when we first got married, we lived on a pretty tight budget, pretty uh, consistently tracking all the money that was coming in, all the expenses that were going out, having to wait for months to be able to purchase different items. Well, as time's progressed, we've gotten into a position where our income has gone up enough that the budget's nowhere near as tight. We're able to spend more money now, not watch it nearly as closely as we used to because we've got the resource of my job and the money that I get for what I do coming into the family household. Well, once you get into retirement, you kind of go back a little bit 
to that period of time that you had when you first got married. And if you're single, first getting out on your own and trying to figure out the money you have and the expenses you have, going to usually be on a more fixed income stream because at that point, usually uh, most of us are going to be using Social Security to cover at least 40% of our lifestyle costs in retirement. We may have tax-deferred accounts that we're pulling distributions out or other assets that we're using to combine with our Social Security to get us the income we need. Maybe it's a pension that's there. Well, as we do that, we've got to make sure we're monitoring those expenses. And one of the best things that I can suggest for anyone for their budget in retirement is to do your best to get out of debt before you get there. When we look at most of the bad mistakes that people make in their retirement years from a financial standpoint, so many of them stem around individuals who go into retirement with excess debt. Oftentimes, they end up claiming their Social Security earlier than they should. They start taking more money out of their deferred accounts faster than they should. They liquidate assets down from their other accounts much faster than they could. As a result, they start to jeopardize their future retirement in an effort to keep up with the debt that they compiled throughout their earlier years, or maybe that they've compiled as a result of educational costs for their children. We're seeing more and more of that. So whatever you can do to get out of debt by the time you get there, that's going to be a big help to you. Number two, remember that your expenses are going to transition to some level. If you've been in the workforce and especially been going to work every day, you've got a lot of expenses from maybe your clothing that's going to be a little different than when you get into retirement to all the vehicle costs of commuting into an office every day, the gas, the repairs, the maintenance, eating out. Maybe you're eating out every day where once you get into retirement, you're going to eat home more. And so those costs are going to go away. So what we find is generally those various travel and work-related costs are going to shrink substantially for most people. Those budgets are going to go down some of them maybe to nothing. You're going to have no expenses as it relates to that. But from a healthcare standpoint, they're going to increase. We have about a 5% bump in our healthcare costs once we get into retirement. So we've got to look at where our money is going to go. And then we need to look at those fixed expenses. What is it that we've got to pay on a monthly basis that we have to cover? That no matter what we do every month, we've got to make sure that our utility bills are covered. Food bills, what are our food bills going to be? That we make sure we have something to eat. What's our insurance costs that we're going to have in retirement? Not only from a health insurance standpoint, if it's Medicare or using a GAP plan or Medicare Advantage plan, but your auto insurance, your homeowner's insurance, all these various things need to be mapped out. And then you need to start really looking at those variable expenses. What is it going to cost me for the travel that I want to do? You know, what are the other things that I enjoy doing that may be costly? Am I a golf player and I, I want to be able to have a membership at the country club? Am I someone that wants to go out and play pickleball and sports? Do I want a gym membership? What are the things that I want to do to be able to enjoy my retirement years? And we should be able to have all of those things. But what we need to do is better map out what those are going to be and what those costs are, are going to look like. And then once we have the basics of that, saying, okay, this is what it's going to look like on a monthly basis and working so much with CPAs, find that most of them are pretty good at putting a basic budget together saying, okay, it looks like I'm going to spend $6,000 a month pretty consistently or $8,000 a month. That's what I need. You then need to start looking at shock and aspirational expenses. This is something that unfortunately most of you are not calculating in. And I see this consistently 
when I'm working with people, we start talking about the amount of money that they need to spend each month or each year to be able to get through the retirement year so we can kind of map that out with inflation and our planning to project all of that out. And they're pretty good at explaining what they think that is. And then as we get through the conversation, they oh, yes, and by the way, I, I live in a home that's 50 years old. I'm going to need to put $150,000 to $200,000 into repairs just so my home can get up to where I need it to be. Or, or maybe if I, I'm in a situation I come across later in my retirement where I can't uh, get around my home, I'm either going to have to do major repairs or I'm going to have to buy a different home that may cost me substantial amounts of money. You need to better understand what that is and when it's going to happen. Now, I understand from a shock side that we don't know when we're going to lose our health. We don't know maybe when the, the roof on our house is going to get to a point it's just no longer going to work for us or some other damage is going to happen to our home that we're going to have to pay for. But we've got to figure the budget in for these things, folks. You can't just assume that because I've got a million dollars that's sitting in my retirement bucket, that it's okay to pull fifty dollars or $100,000 out that is not inside my regular plan, that's not been accounted for through the monthly spending that I should be doing. Because if you do, what you're gonna find is you're gonna run out of money far faster. And unfortunately, because the bucket gets so large, for most of you, it's gonna be as large as it's ever been in your lifetime, it seems like it can never run out, that you've got all this endless money, therefore you can spend a bunch extra in those initial years without problems, only to find out that you start going through it too quickly. Good or bad, it's to some level, and not fully like this, but it's like someone winning the lottery. All of a sudden, you finally have the ability to spend that money. You've been told your whole life, don't spend the retirement money. It's for retirement. Let's save it up. Let's save it up. And then you get to retirement. It's like, I can finally spend this. And I have clients that go crazy. I have clients that end up buying RVs, Jeeps, and other things that, yes, I have no problem you having, but they're going to spend two, three, four hundred thousand dollars that was not in their budget, that was not mapped out based upon what the retirement income should look like. And so it's very important when we look at this that you make sure that you're including those items. And it's okay to have aspirational expenses. It's okay to plan for travel, to plan for ATVs, boats, whatever it is that you want to do, memberships to clubs or social organizations. All this can be included in. You just need to make sure you include it in your budget. So as you're looking at your income and what you have available, you know that it's going to be enough to get you safely through those retirement years. So folks, please make sure not only you're putting a budget together, that, that again is pretty generous saying, hey, we want to make sure that we're not uh, putting so little here and then all these other extras come up and we can't afford to live. Want to be generous with that budget. Make sure that we've got the shock and aspirational expense budget. And then from that side, we can go into the income and say, how's this going to match up? You know, if it's going to cost me $6,000 a month to live and I'm getting $3,000 a month off of Social Security, I've got to figure out how to get that other $3,000 plus if I've got $40,000 of home repairs coming in the next two or three years, where am I going to get that? Forty or fifty thousand extra dollars that I need for that, and so what we do is try to map into various income streams. I've talked about that on a previous podcast here, but also maybe where you've got to start looking for additional sources of money. And those could come through part-time work. A lot of times retirees find a lot of joy and happiness in going back to work part-time. They can get out of the house, they have somewhere to go, they can be an influence on maybe younger employees that they can be a mentor to, they're able to socially connect, they're able to keep their minds active, whatever the case may be, you may find that that's an option. 
Another one is starting a new business. Now, you've got to be careful here. I don't want you using a bunch of your retirement resources to start something that you're uncertain of whether it's going to go or not, but it can be a great time to start a new business, something that's going to allow you, again, to keep active and bring income into the home. What we found is franchises are the best option. Now, it should be something that you're very familiar with, that you've got a lot of knowledge about, but from a success rate of the business staying in business, franchises do a much better job than just a regular startup of what you would do. But again, as accountants, maybe you're going to go back and start doing some tax returns on the side. Maybe you're going to do some CFO work, some bookkeeping, whatever the case may be. You're going to have a lot of options out there to, to start a business and start bringing some extra income in. Or you could start doing some side hustles. You've got a lot of different things out there from maybe renting out part of your home as an Airbnb rental, or you've got a casita or something you can rent out to doing dog watching. There's a lot of money that can be made in dog watching, delivery driving. I've got a number of clients that are in retirement that love to work for companies like Uber or DoorDash, where they're just taking food or people around, love the opportunity to get to, to know people and have the experience of connecting, but also able to bring some extra money into the retirement. So again, as we look at this, remember, we don't want to get a bunch of taxable income in our retirement. The goal is to keep that to a minimum. So hopefully we can get our, our Social Security tax-free. We can use our standard deduction to offset any income that's coming in. But understand, this is something that we do need to take in consideration. If you're in a point that you, you don't have enough money, you've got to figure out what it is you can do to increase that money. Another one is you age. One of the things we find oftentimes, too, is if you get into your 80s and 90s and you're looking at some of the distribution rates you typically have in an investment, you may find that an annuity for you is much better. And generally, at that point, you may do a single premium immediate annuity where you can get a much higher distribution than what you would typically be able to take out of your own account. That being said, May not be anything left for beneficiaries off of there, but it seems from the people I talk to to be a far better option, the people who end up needing it, than risking running out of money and having your family members have to take care of you at age 80 or 90 going to the kids saying, I can't make it anymore off Social Security. You need to help provide some of my costs or, or there's nothing I'm going to be able to do. Hopefully this helps you better understand a little bit of the things that you can do in retirement. Again, make sure you've got a budget for healthcare. Make sure you've looked at the things you will spend money on, how your spending will be different in retirement. Make sure you look at shock and aspirational expenses you have coming up and then look at your income and what you're going to need to do to cover that. Sometimes maybe it's a situation where you've got something that needs to be done here in, in five or 10 years. Maybe the roof needs to be replaced or other repairs. Say, look, I can go work part-time for just a year or two, be able to get the money I need to cover all of that, and then I, I go back into full retirement. Those can be options as well. But it all should be part of a well-planned out analysis and well-planned out plan that's going to allow you to know where you're heading, what you're doing, what money you have, what money you're spending, all these things that become so impactful as you try to navigate those years where you don't necessarily have the same freedom you once did. Very hard for an 80 or 90 year old to go in and start uh, doing the work they did in their 30s, 40s or 50s. Maybe hard for some of you in your 60s and 70s to do the work you did in your 30s, 40s and 50s. 
had many people that reach out to me that going through uh, age discrimination, saying, yeah, I just can't find the jobs that I used to find when I was in my 40s and 50s. I'm in my 60s now, and nobody seems to want to hire me. They've got all these excuses to why I'm not able to go back to work. So take all that in there. Have a good attitude. Be upbeat and excited about your retirement. And remember, this should be the most exciting time of your life. This is a great time to be happy, to be able to have the freedom to do the things that you want, but you're going to need resources to be able to do that for today, tomorrow, the future. All that needs to be mapped out. My name's Dave Hall. I am your host. It's been great being back with you again this week. If you want to learn how to get safely through retirement, go to my website, retirementriskadvisor.com. Look forward to seeing each of you again back here next week. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talene and Autumn Koenig. If you're a CPA looking for more retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com.